Hey, welcome back to the Big Red Zone. We are very excited for today's show. Remember, new episodes come out every Wednesday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Big Red Zone and tell a friend. Today is our first episode of season four of the Big Red Zone. We're going to do a little recap over our summer away. We got Danny Football, Jared Haben here, and we're excited to get right to it. This is the Big Red Zone. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Big Red Zone. I'm your host, Big Red. As always, I'm joined by Danny Football. Good to be back, Big Red. Missed you. Missed you, buddy. And always a pleasure to have him back on the pod. Jared Haven is here. Fellas, fellas, fellas. The pleasure is all mine, as always. I see you're wearing uh is that a I don't it's gotta be a Nikovich or no, it's variable. It's variable. Okay, I saw the Reebok. I was like, it's definitely yeah, old. It's, it's, it's an oldie. It's a favorite. Definitely not a Winovich. It's an, it's an oldie, but a goodie. Um, it is a goodie. It is a good. I love them. I love I one of my favorite players from back in the day. So do no you one, the Titans now? You know what? When he first got the job, I was rooting for them during that. Except when they played us in the playoffs. I was rooting for them that season. I remember watching. This is actually one of Danny Football's favorite episodes. This was when he would listen to the pod. Oh, when you called the Wildcat, yeah. Yeah, I saw we saw the Wildcat play, and it was like one of the funnest, if that's a word, uh, games I've seen. It was just a crazy end of the game, and it was awesome. But I love Vrabel. I think he's awesome. Future, future coach of the NFL, top coach of the NFL. I think he's already there. Yeah. I Well, like – I think in the next, like in 10 years, I think he's going to be like, you know, when the bills are gone and the Pete Carroll's are gone. And Andy I think he's going to have gone. like Tomlin saying power. I think he's just yeah. a culture guy. Right. Same thing with like Flores. It's going to be like when we're talking about like right well, now, Belichick tree, baby. It is all is, uh, fellas, how was the, uh, how's your summer been? It's, uh, it's been a while. It's been over a month since we've been on the pod. Um, <clears throat> Anything new? What I know, Jared's a future dad. Yeah, Tom, congratulations. Thanks, buddy. Little Tom Edward Patrick Brady <laughs> Haven is on the way. It's gonna be a wild ride. We're excited, man. Yeah, we're having a baby boy. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, when, I hope that he's just be. He, I want him to be an NFL kicker. That's my goal right there. That's the like, best position. Pat McAfee could do it. Dude, Pat McAfee plus like one of my Patriots favorite Patriots of all time is Vinatieri because he's a badass. You know what I mean? And say a kicker is a badass is what I want my son to be. Stone cold, ice in his veins. That's all it is. The most clutch players on the team are quarterbacks and kickers. Can play the for amount twenty of years. Times... He'll be able to take care of Jared when he's older. He'll be good to go. <laughs> oh yeah, once I'm in the retirement home, that kid's gonna be paying my bills, dude. The amount of times <laughs> I've watched the snowball kick. What was oh it? 40, God. was it 48, 47, 48, 48. 46? Somewhere I think it was there. 48 yards. I think it was a 48 Oh my yards. dude. Like I still goosebumps, goosebumps up and down. Every time I watch that kick, you're in the spot like with you can't even hands. see the ball. Oh God. You know, I we it. had uh, Jared. I don't know if you know this. We had three times Super Bowl champion, Lonnie Paxson on the show, the long snapper who actually was the snapper in that exact play you're talking about. Oh yeah. Isn't he, he the one that did uh, the angel? Once they won the game, he might have. I think zone? it was something like that. Yeah, I think it, I, I'm not sure on that, but I think it was. But That's he badass. talked about that. It was like one. He said it like how like 
like you talked about that moment. It was so cool. Uh, yeah, that's a great idea. I can't, I'm six, eight. So I hope my, when I have a kid, I hope he's like seven feet tall and then I'm set for life. I'm just going to oh, put yeah. a basketball My kid's going to be a midget dude. <laughs> I'm in but he's going to fight. Yeah. He's he'll be that fighter. Fighter. I'll, just, I'll get him into the boxing early and he'll be good to go too. You want your kid, if you had a choice between UFC or boxing, boxing, dude, I don't do? want my kid getting kicked in the head, kneed in the face, just <laughs> punching with headgear on. He'll be all set. So, yeah, I mean, you were a little hyped up about uh, the Jake Paul fight. Yeah, what did you think of the boxing match last night? Uh, <laughs> if you want to call spectacle. it that. I thought it was a good, you know, spectacle <laughs> along the lines of pro wrestling. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Jack, we were talking. To, I had Jack do a quick recap. I didn't watch it myself. I was watching the highlights because I'm not paying for that shit. But um, <laughs> he said it was a lot of hugging. Uh, Woodley did blast Paul at one point, got him on the ropes, but he didn't finish him. And then Jake Paul takes a split decision. But I, you know, that's how boxing goes. He's gonna get his win. Can't hurt and- the uh, can't hurt the allure of uh, Jake Paul. But they're gonna run it back anyway. They're both they're gonna get paid for a second fight. They're both gonna make millions. They're gonna be fine. And the great like, boxer Jake Paul retired today. Great, though Jake I don't Paul. know. He, he announced be, his no, retirement. I mean, Conor McGregor has <laughs> announced his retirement ten fucking times, and he always comes back, so he'll be good to go. I I I had a fantasy football draft with Zach last night, and he was we at, we talked about it a little bit. I've never he was so pissed off before the game even start the game even started, and then oh, the today, boxing match. The boxing match, yeah. We were like, oh, I think we asked if anyone wanted to do. Uh, I think Jack asked if anyone wanted to go in on it. So, and, Zach, Zach, are you a big boxing guy? Like, have you been a fan of the sport for a while? I'm a boxing guy. I've been a, a UFC guy for a little bit longer than boxing, but I, I'm like a big history guy. So, I could tell you a shit ton about like the early days of boxing. I keep up with what's going on now, but it's only like certain guys. I don't follow like this the whole like every single fucking division and every single belt. Well, here's my question. Is Jake Paul a good boxer? Yes. All right. He's a good boxer, technically sound, but I don't appreciate the kinds of opponents and the spectacle of fights that he's putting on. If he walked in there and he was fighting like Tank Davis or he's actually going against like um, De La Cruz and guys like that, and he was holding his own, then I'd I'd give him mad props for that because those are legit boxers. But he's going in there with Nate Robinson, Ben Askren, Tyron Woodley, and guys who aren't boxers. So it's, it's hard to give him props. He looks good. It's just the caliber of opponents that he's putting himself in there with. That's what I've been hearing over and over. It's that, like, listen. He looks good. I watched, the, I watched the Askren fight. Again, didn't pay for it because I refused to do that. But I watched the Askren fight, and he, he did look good. He looks technically sound. I know he trains out in uh, the wild card gym out in um, Las Vegas with Freddie Roach. But um, he looks good. It's just he goes in there with bums, and he fights bums. If he fought actual legit boxers even if they're young up-and-coming kids that are like one and oh two and oh i mean that would i would have a lot more respect for him if he did that he's like rocky after his second fight with apollo before he has to face <laughs> mr t you know what i mean he's just facing yeah, yeah. chumps and everybody yeah, yeah. knows it and so jake i agree every every criticism i've heard of paul is that like listen he looks like the part but he's boxing bumps or not right. bums but guys that can't box right so like once right. he goes into a ring with somebody who knows how to box then we'll see how he does. Yeah. And I think it's time. Like he's like, it is a spectacle and it's fun, but at some point, like even for me, I'm not a big boxing guy, but I've been interested in the whole Paul storyline. And now even after last night, I'm like, all right, I'm kind of over it. Like I want to, I'd like to see him 
Klitschko against right, a boxer, right. like this calling out of MMA fighters. I'm done. And my it. thing, and I, and the honest truth is, I think he could, if he really tried and he found someone on his the same level, I think he could hang. If he found a young up and coming prospect or maybe an older veteran like a Luke, I don't know, I don't want to say Luke Campbell. Luke Campbell would probably kill him, but like an older veteran, I think he could hold his own. I don't know if he would be able to knock him out or win a decision, but I think he could at least, you know, show what he has. But the thing is, he just wants to keep up the allure of being undefeated, being the man. And he's, I think he, you know, you don't want to get knocked out because once he gets knocked out or he loses, it's over. So yeah, he loses the spectacle. I think he's got, I think he's got to find like a like you said, a lower level boxer. I think I don't think I don't know about maybe a young guy, but and like you said, maybe a veteran. But he's he has to do that before he retires because if he goes out and I mean he can do whatever guys, he wants at this point. But if he wants yeah. to keep being Mister Boxing or keep saying he's a boxer, I'm not saying he needs to fight like a like a Mick Conlon who is probably upper echelon in that division. But he needs to you know just someone that actually has some credentials, maybe an amateur mean, who's making his pro debut. I got it. I got it. We get the pride of Providence, Peter Manfredo, out of retirement. I mean, he's probably like 48 by now, but it doesn't even matter. Playing Logan Paul, they're both back in the spotlight. I mean, Mike Tyson's still doing the damn thing, so anyone can. I know. What is it? Like, does man, whatever, because I just remember Manfredo, I don't know if you keep up with it, but from the second season of The Contender, you guys remember that show? With, I never remember? watched it. I, I didn't watch it, it, but I remember it being on TV. Oh, dude, I watched every episode when Manfredo was on that. I was like, a dude from Rhode Island's on TV. I got to watch this. I thought you were going to be more of a Vinny Paz guy. Yeah, Vinny Vinny Paz. Paz. One of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Dude, I still haven't seen it. Really? That's a good movie. It's so stupid. Bleed for This is such a good movie. Goes to Twin River Casino. Goes to Twin River. I'm pretty sure he's in uh, Kent Hospital. (laughs) I I probably. Like five minutes from my house. He, uh, that, that's a really good movie. I definitely recommend seeing that movie. Yeah. You would love it too. Cause you're from Rhode Island. Like that's like, oh, yeah. you have to watch it. It's like the fighter for Rhode Island. It's perfect. Yeah. Oh, but I, I, I need to like have a little night for myself then light some candles, <laughs> have like the Providence skyline in the background. That's right. A little shadow boxing in your living room. You'll be good to go. <laughs> yeah. Some quahogs. Don't don't quote me on this, but I think it's there's it's on Netflix. Don't quote me. I think it's still on Netflix. All right, don't tease me. It's for free, and then I gotta pay three dollars on Amazon for this thing. <laughs> I know. As I said, don't quote me. Uh, off the record, I think it is on uh, Netflix. That's where I at least watched it for the first time. Well, not the first time, but that's where I watched it a couple months ago. Um, yeah, I think he's got to fight someone legitimate. I like not legitimate, but someone that actually does boxing and doesn't hasn't been retired from the NBA for. 10 years and is under five feet tall yeah that's 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 really the only thing that bothers me it's just a big spectacle if it was legit i'd be about it but it's just a spectacle but i mean we've talked about it i'll give him i'll give him his props where you know it's deserved but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get on the bandwagon just yet we've talked about it on the pod like he actually like when looking at him and his brother i think we give him a little bit more props because he actually does the training and oh yeah yeah jake puts in the work yeah he puts in the work, but he's just fading, facing bums. Right. So it's like, or not bum, but like we said, guys that don't box. So I, I, I would like to see him jump in the ring with someone legitimate. It's like so when you guys Floyd don't... fought McGregor. It was the same fucking right. thing. Well, I was about right. to say when Floyd fought Logan. So you definitely think that Floyd was that was a, Logan. A bunch he of was bull- ca- that was a bunch of bullshit, dude. Yeah. He just had him on his back for every single round and just carried him to the end. 
It was just embarrassing. It was terrible to watch. I, it was. I, it was a bad fight to watch. It's it's exactly what he did with McGregor. I think if I think if McGregor didn't piss off Floyd by hitting him in the head a couple of times, like in the back of the head, and he was doing like those hammer fists to the back of the head, I think yeah. Floyd was. I think Floyd would have been content with letting him go to a decision, but I think he pissed him off, so he actually pieced him up. So does Floyd just have like I know we're gonna talk Pats, but like last question: Does Floyd just have no ego? Like, how does his ego not be like, okay, I gotta knock this YouTuber out? I think it's just about money with him, man. It's it, yeah. it's like you said after the fight. If if uh, when it comes to legalized bank robbing, I'm the best. And that's all. <laughs> that's all. That's all it is for Floyd. Is he's just a money guy at this point. He's not about boxing. It's about money. Hey, good for him, man. Yeah, I that I think that's one of. I mean, that's I got to give the guy props. He like he just sees the dollar sign. You see where he can make a few like a bunch of money. Like he was he made so much money before that fight, and he's like, you know what? I can make so much more money off of this other fight that really I can just not train for and just kind of walk in. Floyd in has made months. a life. Floyd's made a lifetime of money every year for the last 20 years, man. That's all uh, it is, man. It's, it's nuts, but right, let's talk about something happy. Yeah. Let's get, yeah. Let's get to something a little more positive. Which well, is the Patriots uh, happy right now. I'd say I mean, so. Football's I'm, back. I'm happy about that. I'm happy about football. I'm happy about the Patriots. I'm surprisingly optimistic that, I mean, we just finished preseason. Uh, with a nice win over the Giants. Uh, if you took the spread, I apologize for that late touchdown. Uh, spread was two and a half, and they they didn't cover, so I apologize. Uh, but I actually am feeling pretty optimistic. I am. Uh, I'll first throw this out there. I'll throw my what I think about the Cam decision because that's the biggest debate right now. Is do we start Cam or Mac Jones? I'm on the I'm on the Cam camp to be honest with you. I don't want to send Mac Jones out there to start the game. I think he's looked really good, but I really don't want to see him go out there. And even though it's an easy first couple games until you get to week four against the goat, uh, I, I really don't want to see him go out there in those first four games. I'd rather have him learn and see at least a couple weeks of preparation under a starting quarterback and then get thrown into the fire. I don't know. I, I, let me ask you this. Who's right now, if you had to pick from what you've seen or heard in training camp, what we've seen in preseason, who's the better quarterback, Cam Newton or Mac Jones? Take experience out of it. Just who's the better quarterback? Mac Jones. Yeah, I'd probably go Mac. It's, it's not even a question, right? Yeah, I'd go I mean, Mac. Cam hasn't looked terrible, but like Mac Cam's Jones. Is, good. Yeah. I mean, even that, that pick that he threw last night, we were throwing up the seam to Jacoby Myers, like, I mean, it was a bad read. He kind of threw into double coverage, but it was a good throw. He had some pop yeah. on that thing. Right. So, and he threw a nice little comeback to Jacoby Myers early in the game. Like, I think he's actually looked all right. But my point being, I don't mind Mac Jones sitting. Like, sure, you, you no, don't I don't. for a full season. I was going to say, I'd rather Cam start the season. Yeah, I'm in agreeing. I agree with that. But the thing that just sucks is that, like, we're back here where Cam Newton is once again our starting quarterback. Like, I – he might not be as bad as last year, but that's not saying much. And like, how yeah, did... but I'm at least happy we have Mac Jones instead of Jarrett Siddham this time. Oh my God. Well, thank <laughs> God. Holy shit. Do you remember last year in the off season? It was like, Oh, Stidham. He's more developed than uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And you don't have to tell ready. me, Jared. I was the first person to tell Steve I drive Stidham to the airport myself. I didn't oh, think he back. was as I didn't say he was as developed as Jimmy Garoppolo. I did think he could come in and win some games, but obviously 
the kid is more interested on Instagram than preparing for an yeah. NFL game. Dude, he went to that wedding in Texas, and then all of a sudden it was like bye bye. I'm sure yeah. it had no, like one had nothing to do with the other, but the timing right. is hysterical. There must but, be some like, and I've talked about this uh, with like every, like a bunch of people. The thing I like about Mac Jones over Jared Stidham, first take out the talent. Mac's way better than Jared Stidham, but the yeah, thing that I think comparable. No, but the mentality element of it, Jared Stidham had an opportunity last year to go in and compete for a starting job. And he just took a st- like sidestep and let Cam take it. And Cam yeah. was not challenged once. Mac Jones is the type of guy that will look at Cam Newton, who's a veteran in the league, an MVP, former MVP, been to the Super Bowl, and say, I like you, Cam. I'm going to learn as much as I, I can from you, and I'll respect you, but I'm taking your job. Oh, and I, I like totally agree. That's how I it was it. at Alabama. He sat behind Hertz. He learned it at Hertz. And then Tua took the job and he learned from Tua. Right. Dude, I totally agree. Like one of my favorite parts of Max thus far that I've been surprised and happiest about is his attitude. Cause he's got like a little, he's got a little fire in him. You know, he's got I mean? a chip. Like he's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And like, even you see him like talking to his receivers and there was a play like the other day with Gunner, uh, Gunnar Olszewski, where he was like, he was like yelling at him. He's like, Hey, I want you to do this and it was just like a moment where you're like that's that's a leader you know yeah. and that's what the quarterback has to be he has to be the on-field general and so to see mac already display that in his first year with the patriots especially going into a season with cam newton who like yeah he's not the same guy but he's still freaking cam newton like right. he's got pedigree in the nfl right so i love that mac came in and he's just playing well he's making right. great throws great reads like even I'm sure you guys can say the same thing when cam is in there versus when Mac is in there, it just looks so much better with Mac there. Like the offense, there's more fluidity, like fluidity. It's just smoother. Like it moves faster as much as cam has looked better when he's in there, dude, everything slows down. Like he's in the huddle on one knee, they break. He kind of walks up to the line. He takes longer in the pocket. It's just like every, his, Throwing motion is slower. Everything just slows down. When Max in there, it seems like they're always in this no huddle, you know, right to the line. He's calling plays. He's calling the mic. It's like, boom, you know, two steps out, three steps out. And it's like, oh, damn, I've missed this. And the thing, I two things about it, like like the leadership I've seen. The other thing last night, I don't know if you saw, he gets fire. He knows when to get fiery. He also knows how to pick his teammates up. I don't know if you saw there was, I don't know. It was some probably seventh string wide receiver or tight. I don't even know who he was. He dropped a wide open bunny for a first down. And he I had, think that had was Gunner. I don't think it was, it wasn't Gunner. Oh, okay. Cause it Gunner someone, had a bad drop yesterday. There was someone else and he, uh, he was walking back to the huddle with his head up and he tapped him on the helmet and like said, let's go. Like there's like, I think, it, and Tom has this. Tom I was going to say, on, dude, he has a little Tom in him. That's when no. we're talking about player. I talk, hate saying it. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like, am I saying that he's going to be the best quarterback ever to live? Mac Jones is going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. He's going to win seven, six Super Bowls. He's going to do this and that. No. But when I'm looking at a player comparison, looking at him in the pocket, his decision-making, knowing when to get the ball out, he has a good sense of the pocket, leader, even the offensive nuance, dude. I wouldn't be shocked if they're running Brady type plays with him. He I reminds agree. me so much of Tom Brady, and that's why there I'm is so a similarity. Bad. It's I a good player. The expectations on this kid is is getting already pretty high. So I right. get it why you want to sit him, slow everything down, relax everybody. Having said that, 
when you look at the NFL historically, yes, there are quarterbacks who sit for the first year and learn. Mahomes sat for his first year. Uh, Rodgers obviously famously sat for three years. Right. You know, even Jimmy G. I'm not saying Jimmy G is a great quarterback, but he's right. a, a starting NFL caliber quarterback, and he sat for how many years? Mm -hmm. But then a lot of rookies start. Like, look at Russell Wilson. I mean, remember they signed Matt Flynn. Russell Wilson comes in and start, starts. And they have a really good season. Obviously, Russell Wilson is who he's now. Roethlisberger started his rookie year. Philip Rivers started his rookie year. Peyton Manning started his rookie year. You know, Justin Herbert. I mean, granted, it's because Tyrod Taylor got like a needle in the heart. Got stabbed but... by his own team doctor. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's like there are a lot of rookie quarterbacks that start and end up having great careers. So, Mike, I'm not saying I'm for one way or the other because I, I definitely see why we'd want to sit him and just, hey, let's get him into the system. Let's groom him. Let's have him become the quarterback for the next 10 years and not just for 2021. Yeah. But there are many examples of rookies starting who end up becoming not only very good quarterbacks, but great quarterbacks. I mean, if he starts, I'll be so fired up for that Brady Mac Jones. That would be a great. That'll be a great selling. It's already a great seller right now, but throwing Mac Jones in there will be a great seller. I'm just nervous at how he'll react to that, which from everything yeah. I've seen, he has the right head like to do that. And he's yeah. the type of guy that's going to say, I'm nice to meet you, Tom, but I'm going to beat you tonight. It's like, he has that mentality. Like I really do. I get that vibe from him that he doesn't care who he's talking to. He's going to try to, he's, he believes he's the best out there and he's going to, while we're on the topic of um, Mac Jones getting fired up, he signed an endorsement deal with No Bull today, and they put out a hype video. So if you want to get the juices flowing, look up that uh, No Bull Mac Jones video. I'm going to have to check that out. See, this is what I mean. I'm, I'm a little nervous. We're all I'm getting, nervous, dude. We're getting hyped. He's already getting endorsement deals. There's hype videos. It's like, oh, God, maybe, maybe we should just stash this kid for two years and have people forget well, about Jared it. Jared Stidham had none of this. He stayed quiet, and now he's out of a job. Fair point. So. Fair, fair point. Jared Stidham was also a fifth round, fifth or sixth round draft pick. This is your first, first, I mean, this is the first quarterback Bill's ever taken. Since Drew Bledsoe. Since Drew Bledsoe. So a little different, but I, I'm excited, man. Well, I got some, I got some questions for you boys because yeah. it's been uh, a pretty interesting off season. So I figured, all right, Sony Michelle, was he a good pick? I'm going to say yes, because he, Pretty much got us to that championship. So here's here's my problem with Sony Michelle. I think he gets so much more crap than he deserves. I think he's a really good running back. If you look at the first year he had, he played for the Patriots. What did he do? He set the all-time rookie touchdown uh, record for rookie running backs. The year after, what happened? He lost four blockers on his offensive line. Yeah. And they were just, he was ineffective. And then he got injured. And then it was just like a downward spiral. Last year, he actually, if you look at it, wasn't terrible last year. He was actually pretty good. The one knock in him I've always had, and this isn't his fault, is that we could have had Lamar Jackson. I was so high on Lamar Jackson going into that draft. And when we passed on him for a left tackle, I was like, all right, I get it. And then when we, he was available for us in that second first round pick, I was like, let's go. And then we passed on him and, you know, the rest is history with Lamar. Now that we have Mac, I'm a little less angry about that because it worked out. I think hopefully it worked out. Knock on wood, it worked out. 
but I think Sony gets a lot more flack than he should. I think he was a good pick. I think he was a good, he's a good running back and he's going to do a lot of good things in LA, but man, we could have had a pro bowl, uh, quarterback. Did Nick Chubb go after him too? Yeah. Chubb was after we could have done Nick Chubb. I mean, so here's my thing with, here's my thing with Sony. He's not a bust. He's definitely not a bust. Not a bust. I don't think he was a good pick. You use a, I just hate using a first round draft pick on a running back. I've always hated it. And it's such a good example in the Patriots backfield right now where you got Stevenson. What was he? A fourth round pick, maybe even a fifth. You got Damian Harris who looks great. Third round draft pick and Sony Michelle. Like I didn't hate him. I didn't love him. I thought he was fine, but to use yeah. a, a first round draft pick on a guy that I think is like, yeah, whatever. Oh, I hated it. I hated uh, it then. I hate it now. I'd, I'd have to go back more and look at that draft class and see, but like, if you were to ask me, am I more angry about that? And Nikhil Harry, I think Nikhil Harry was 10 times worse of a draft an ex- pick. An excusable pick. pick. An excusable pick. Pretty bad. Well, let me ask you guys this. Does Nikhil Harry make this team? Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he did. I, I think, think he does, but I wouldn't be shocked if he got cut. I think he does make the team. And he's hurt right now, so they can get away with it and put him on an IR spot and get away with it. And That's what I mean. Like, it, just to have a, a guy who got drafted in the first round two years ago be like, yeah, 50-50, whether he makes the team. It's like, oh, my God. Holy that was a crap, terrible – t- that was maybe Definitely the worst draft selection. That was probably Bill's worst draft pick. I Like, especially when you have guys like DK in the draft – well, you just miss out on him. That, of, that was you know, Aaron Dobson, Kendrill Tompkins. The list goes on with that bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I will Cat say Malcolm, Jackson. Malcolm Mitchell would have been a good pick if he didn't get hurt. I know. Poor Malcolm Mitchell, man. Just he was really good early. that rookie he year. He was. Dude, that Super Bowl. That yeah. Super Bowl huge. rookie year. Yeah. He was huge. Uh, All right. All right. So the defense is supposed to be the, the obviously the highlight of the team. So right. my question is, I'm going to list off, do you think this is a top five defense? I'm going to list off what NFL.com has as what they think the top five defenses will be in 2021. I want you to tell me whether you think the Patriots should be top five. So number one, they got the Los Angeles Rams. Number two, they got the Bucks. Number three, they got the Colts. Number four, they got the Ravens. Number five, the Browns. Is the Pats defense better than one of those five teams? I think the I'm surprised. Who was the fourth one? Fourth was the Ravens. I mean, the Colts give you- were s- sneaky good last year. I don't get the hype over the Rams defense. Like, I know they're going to be good, but they're saying this is the best defense of the draft. I, I don't see it. I'm kind of surprised on that one. But uh, I think they could – it's close. I think they could be uh, – they'll be right there in the fifth, fourth spot. Who's well, to give you some con- – Give you some context. The uh, Washington football team is six, and then they have New England at seven here. Who is two? Two uh, was stand by, stand by Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay. What a total! What a total! One eighty. I think I'd rather have the Pats defense than the Browns defense. I think so too. They have a couple young corners that are good, and then obviously Miles Garrett. Uh, but I'll be honest. I'd rather keep. I'd rather they have were, the Pats. They were getting torched by backup Steeler quarterbacks. I don't even know. I I'd rather yeah. have the Pats defense than the Browns. And I'd, I love like, I, I love Matthew Judon. I love Hightower coming back. I love Van Noy coming back. I am extremely concerned about Stefan Gilmore. 
I'm concerned about that defensive backfield. Like, I mean, I love Devin McCourty, obviously. He's not getting any younger. I'm interested to see what he looks like. I like Kyle Duggar. He looks I good. I think, I think he, he looks good. And then you got J.C. Jackson as your number one if Stephon, Gil- if Stephon Gribble doesn't play, which means I, I think it's Jonathan Jacoby, Jones. Jonathan Jones, I think, is number two then. I think he's pretty – I think he's – I think he's pretty good. Here's the thing. I don't think you go in. I don't think Bill is going to go into the season and I could be wrong. Go into the season with this question. I could be wrong with this because Bill does Bill's on a different wavelength than everyone, but I can't see him going into the offs into the season without some agreement between him and Gilmore. I can't see it either. He's going to just trade him and get whatever he can for him and just say, even if he loses out on it, he loses out on it or he gets some, or he plays and either he gives them like, I know sometimes guys do that thing where, all right, we'll give you a little bit more money to play this year. And then that's it. We're not resigning you next year. Well, that's what they did last year. Remember they gave him pay bump, but, but then... that it wasn't a pay bump. That's the thing that I think, cause everyone's saying, why didn't they give him a pay bump this year? They just moved. That was the bonus he was supposed to get this year. They just mm-hmm. said, all right, we'll give it to you this year instead of next year. So that's the thing. Like, I get it. Steph, I'm all for players getting for what you are owed. But at the same time, Bill gave you this huge contract. He could took a chance a few years ago when you were re- ranked really like pretty good, but you weren't this good. He took a chance on you, gave you a lot of money for that time. You signed a contract, stick with the contract that you made, then go make your money. And then when I think Bill, I'm surprised he kind of did this. He was like, you know what? You won defensive player of the year. We're going to give you your bonus this year. Don't act surprised when you're not getting more money this year. That's like, I think that's crazy. I'm all for getting what you're owed. And I think he should say like, Oh, I want a huge extension next. Like I want a big time pay next year, but then get it. You're going to get it next. He's going to get paid next year. If he leaves. Oh, a thousand percent. So I don't understand why he would sit. Like, I don't think he, I don't think either of them are in the position where bill doesn't want him to sit out. And I don't think he wants to sit out and get fined every week. I, I, I just don't eventually this, I, when the player sits out in the in the recent era, I haven't seen it working out for the player. I, it's always gone bad. Like you can look back on the last few years of players that have done that and said, "I'm not playing until like week six, and then it doesn't work out. Well, that's what happens, man. Because right now he's on the pup list, and if they don't remove him from the pup list by four p.m. tomorrow, he automatically misses the first six games. Right. That sucks. So. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm very interested to see what ha- what does happen. But also look at that first six games. I mean, you got the Miami, you got the, I think the Patriots have a pretty good schedule. You get Miami twice, I think in the first, no, you get the well, Jets got, twice in the first six. Yeah. You got Miami, the Jets, the Saints, Saints the Bucks, Texans. Then... It goes Texans, Cowboys, Jets. Got it. And then so, Chargers. I, yeah, but the problem is, I feel like, like you said, any guy who goes on the pup list and misses the first six games comes back and has a down season because they weren't practicing, they're not in shape, they get injured. Right. And that's my that's kind of my point why I don't think he should. Like, I don't think Stephon Gilmore should want to sit. I think he should, like, get as much as he wants, can from Bill, and then say, all right, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Because it's not going to work. Like, look at Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think of the other guy. I mean, we could see it with, I mean, Deshaun Watson could have more problems than just sitting out six weeks, but he he's in, he's in tough shape right now, but like all the, the list goes on with those guys. I just don't see it working. So if I'm Gilmore in that position, I'm going to be like, Bill, what's the best we can do 
let's get a contract extension or let's get some, a one year extension. Let's do something and kind of compromise on it. And I think that will, I think that will work. Cause I don't think bill wants to go in with that. No, I think, I think bill wants, I think bill wants Gilmore on the field, which is why he's handling it the way he is. I feel like bill Belichick five years ago would have traded Stefan Gilmore three weeks ago for like a third round draft pick. Right. But at draft night. I think it's different. Yeah, yeah totally. But yeah. like, I feel like he's treating it differently and I think he's treating it differently for a reason because he knows he needs Stefan Gilmore on the field. I don't know. I think, the, I think the recipe for success is here, especially with your defense. If you lose Gilmore for the first six games, you're missing him for Miami jets, saints, bucks, Patriots, Cowboys. It's such like, they seem like to have an easy schedule, but man, it makes me a little nervous. Miami's better. And we're playing in New York. Listen, the Jets blow. I get it. But in New York, week two, it's like the Jets Super Bowl. You know, they got a brand new coach. They have a brand new quarterback. Like, I can see them just staying in the game. And if you give the Jets a little life, that's scary. all that last year, man, when we had to dig that shit out. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, it just just doesn't make me feel good. And then you have the Saints. And I think they'll suck because Jameis Winston's the quarterback, but it's also the Saints, so yeah, I don't really know. know. No Michael Thomas. I don't know. No Michael Thomas. That's big. And, and then obviously, I think our running defense is going to be really good. Secondary, you're right. I think secondary is going to be a little – it's going to be interesting to see. But run defense against a guy like Alvin Kamara, I think is huge. Because I think oh, we can – I think Bill's good enough to say, all right, this is how we're going to take him out at least this half of the game. Who's that D tackle that's like making all these waves? What's that kid's name? Is it Butler? No. Oh, uh, it was the I think it was the guy we traded for, or the no, the guy we drafted in round two from Alabama. Oh, um, I know um, what you're talking about. I have his name escaping me right now. Stand by, uh, stand by. <laughs> but he he is making a little bit. Of, he's making Christian a Barmore. Yeah, Barmore. He's Dude, been. He, I heard he's making noise in training camp. Like he's good. To kind of wrap up this preseason uh, talk, looking at the schedule, we'll go around, fellas. What do we think? What's the prediction for the record, Patriots record at the end of this uh, end of the season? Uh, I'm. I want to hear what Jared has to say. I, he's kind of got a good pulse on what's going on, so I want to hear what he's got. Well, I appreciate the optimism. <laughs> uh, I mean, all right. So, like, top of my mind, without looking at the schedule, with how much money they spent in the offseason, they got to get to like at least. 11 wins in a 17 game schedule they gotta go 11 and 6 if they don't reach that i feel like it's a disappointment i mean you spend so much money in the offseason you draft the quarterback in the first round and and especially coming off a seven to nine season where i'm sorry the brady talk's still gonna happen you go seven to nine and brady wins the super bowl you got to answer to that and so i think you got to get 11 wins looking at the schedule i'll say dolphins wins jets win Saints, I'll say lose just because I don't I don't know if they're gonna start the season three and one. I'll say Bucks lose two and two. They'll beat the Texans four and two. Cowboys, ah God, I'll say they lose four and three, beat the Jets. So so one. Hold on. Hold on. Stand by. I'm gonna count right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, uh, eight, nine. I got him at ten wins. Ten and seven. Damn. I think that's still a good spot, though. Like 10 and 7, 11 and 6, maybe a 12 and 5 if they can sneak one of those uh, close games out. But I think this is going to be a better team than last year, at the very least. 
I think so too. If we're not contending for at least one of the wild card spots, there's a problem. I think I I said I think I said eleven and six. That's what I've been saying. Just so you know, the over under according to CBS Sports is set at nine wins. So I think they wow. do hit the over. hammer the over. I think I would hammer the over there. I don't know what I don't know thousand percent. I don't know if you can find another spot. I don't know. That seems really low. I can check draft. See if draft I'm looking at real quick. Vegas what is uh? What does Vegas have the match? Do we know? Vegasinsider.com. I don't know if that's anything. They're at nine and a half, so they're probably right around nine, nine and a half wins. I'd hammer the over if, I, if I'm if anyone yeah. out there. Uh, if you get a nine and a half for over under for Patriots wins, I'd hammer it because. I think this team is good enough to win. I don't think they're. I think ten I think games is a se- ten games is a floor easily. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, look, Buffalo. I think wins the division. I think that's not anything. I think that's pretty safe to Those say. Those guys but, are winning. They're winning twelve or thirteen games. Right, but I think you could be right there. I think you could end up splitting with Buffalo. Like you win the home game, they you lose the away game. Uh, I'm not as sold on the Dolphins, the Dolphins, to be honest with you. I know that Brian Flores does a great job with that team. I'm not a Tua believer, to be honest. Like, I'm, I'm not a big Tua guy. They bring Deshaun Watson in, maybe, and he plays the whole season. Maybe they, you know, that's a different story. But I think you can get two wins against the Dolphins, two wins against the Jets, and then sprinkle in some of these games like the Panthers, Chargers, um, uh, Jags, stuff like that. I think you can sprinkle in. I think you can easily find 10 to 11 wins. I think that's... I I agree. The floor should be 10 10 wins. If it's not, something went wrong. Yeah. But we'll have to see. We'll get more into it next week uh, because it will actually be the day... Our episode will come out the day before opening day, which will be exciting. A little Tom Brady opening day. It's always good to have him on Thursday Night Football. Um, Switching gears here to the NBA, our Celtics, um, man, the team that you love to love to hate sometimes, uh, they're making all the right moves. I think this off season, uh, I think when we last broke for the last season, Brad had just taken over, uh, GM. I think that was our last step. Uh, one of our last episodes, Brad took over the GM spot. They hired their new coach. Um, Initial thoughts, fellas. Uh, I'm 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 positive, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think. What do you think of the moves Brad's made so far? I've liked the move so far. I think it's been a summer where, rather than loading up for this season, I think he's looking towards next summer in the uh, free agency class. We all know Bradley Beal is going to headline that one. Um, so I think he's done a good job of freeing up space, being able to make a run next year at a max player, whether it is Beal or someone else. Um, extending smart. Great move, heart and soul of the Celtics. Gave Rob his money. Everyone knows I love Rob. We're going to have to see how that goes. It, it's dependent on health, and a lot of that contract is dependent on um, games played. So we're going to have to see how Rob goes. But overall, I like the moves that have been made. Is it going to put us on par with the Nets? No, but, you know, you got to start somewhere. Oh, the Celtics. The good old <laughs> Boston freaking Celtics, man. Like you said, a team that sometimes you just love to hate. I I love Ime Aduka. 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 Ime Aduka. Yeah. Ime Aduka. Love that he became the head coach. Uh, Brad moving to the front office. I guess we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I like the moves. 
Yeah, man. I like Rob Williams. I like him. Can he stay on the court? Like, what type of player is he? We'll find out. Uh, Marcus Smart. I understand, Zach, what you're saying about he's the heart and soul of the team. I just – I'm not sure if he's a fit. That's the question. If he is, like, your typical role player that doesn't try to throw up, you know, 15 threes a game because he thinks he's Jason Tatum, sure, I'll take him. You know, if he's if he's engaged and playing great defense, yeah, of course. I'd love to have Marcus Smart. Are we going to get that Marcus Smart? I hope so because I don't think we got him last year. I think without Kemba Walker, we have to, and I think that's why the deal was made is if you look at the team right now without – Bradley Beal, obviously, because that's going to be a next summer um, hopeful addition. I don't know if we're going to be able to get him, but it's a, it's hopeful. Fingers crossed, my friend. But looking at the roster as it's compiled right now, it's kind of the deal you had to make. You, you can't let a guy like that, you know, kind of run out his contract because then you're kind of just stuck with Tatum and Brown, and they're just running a two-man show. So what with what they have right now, it, it's kind of the deal that had to be made, but it could change if they are able to bring in a Beal or someone else like that. If they're making these moves to try to make a legitimate run at Bradley Beal, I'm all for it. You know, if if Bradley Beal is seriously considering coming to Boston because he loves Jason Tatum. I don't know play. if Tatum could have done a better recruitment job this summer. He was all over that guy. Good. Keep it up, you know. Um it worries me, though, because I know Bradley Beal said something over the summer about how he he didn't mind staying in Washington, too. He loves the area. He loves the city. That makes me nervous. Listen, I like the moves that they did. I don't – it's just like kind of like you shrug your shoulders and you're like, yeah, they're good moves. Are they a top four team in the East? No, no, no. Maybe fringe, you know, maybe mid. You know, I mean, they're not as good as the Nets. They're not as good as the no, Bucks. no. You know, our playoff team, but like I said, these moves weren't going to set the world on fire. It's not KG Ray Allen trade type levels, but it it was, they got moving in the right direction. It was better than last year where they literally just stood pat every single player, same player. Let's run it back. And it didn't work. My concern is that we don't get Bradley Beal. Well, I mean, that's a bridge we're going to have to cross in 365 days. Cause that's what scares me. Cause say Bradley Beal doesn't come here. I think, I mean, we ran into that with Durant and we saw how that went. I know that's what scares me. It's like at some point, Jason Tatum is going to be done waiting around. You know, I know we signed him for a five-year deal, but like, you know how the NBA works. All, all Jason Tatum has to do is be like, yeah, I, I'm not playing here. Trade me. And like it happens because we know that NBA players run the NBA. So that's what scares me because at some point, like he's going to want to, you know, be on a super team. And I just hope that's here. And I hope Bradley Beal wants to come here. So it's Tatum, Beal, Brown, you know, then you have Smart, uh, Rob Williams, you know, Horford, if you want to throw in there, but it all depends. You got to get that third superstar. You got to get him. Yeah. That's well, why. I, that's why next summer is going to be big, big make or break for Brad. If he can yeah. either make a big trade or a big acquisition, it's going to be huge for him. I think what Brad's shown as GM, which is a good thing, I think it is a good thing, is that he is building around Jason Tatum. He is let. It, he is asking Jason Tatum, "Who do you like?" Like head coach was definitely a Jason Tatum. And I'd say Jalen Brown sign off. Like that's who they wanted. He could have had a chance. Like I was a big Sam Gasell guy. I think he was like the top, like even, even Becky Hammond. Um, email wasn't even on my list, but I think it fits the mold for what they're trying to do and what they want to do in Boston. I agree. Um, that's why I love it. Cause I do think Jason Tatum was like, I want that guy. Same thing with Al. Al is 
Jason Tam's like, I would love to have Al back. I loved playing with Al. You saw it as soon as he came, all the love that once the trade was made, they were like, oh, I'm so excited to play with Al again. I love this. I love that. And I think that all of this is leading up to, he's making moves to bring in Bradley Beal, which is what we said. And I think he's going to do it. Could it not happen? Sure. We saw it with KD, but I think the one difference that it is with KD I don't think there was a connection with Katie in Boston beside the, you know, what we were trying to build and, you know, the spectacle of how good we did to like make this team good pat, like with what we had, like when he saw here, when he was seeing here, he's like, Oh, I get to play with Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder. Like that was the pieces he was seeing Bradley Beal coming here. He says, he sees, a potential, I think, first All NBA team player in Jason Tatum. He yeah, sees Jalen Brown, All Star Jalen Brown, as the third option on that team. Yeah, and you get then you add guys in like Marcus Smart, veterans like Al Horford, Ime Aduka, which is big. Players want to play for the right coach. Hundred percent. I think they have. I think they definitely have a better shot of signing Bradley Beal than they did with signing KD back in whenever it was. The only team that I think has equal chance with us, and this could change, it's 365 days until we see that we're talking about this again, is Washington. Because he is a loyal guy. I got to give yeah. him, he, like, he is a loyal guy. But if he is willing to leave, I think the Celtics are where he's leaving to. And it makes sense for him. It gives him the best shot to win. And he plays with his best friend. I will say this, years. and this was Danny Ainge, but the Celtics themselves, we were able to scramble after Kyrie left to get Kemba. So we, we have been able to kind of pick and plant guys we need to plug in. So if we see a need and we're able to say, hey, Brad, Bradley Beal, I mean, max contract, you get to play with your, your best friend, Jason Tatum, your childhood friend, Jason Tatum, let's get this done. I'm, I'm hopeful there's a way we can find that to happen. And also what we were You're talking about. The God's ears, my friend. <laughs> I'm, I'm crossing my fingers and praying up to the man upstairs to hopefully we get Bradley Beal. <laughs> the, the one good thing about the extension, I will say about Marcus Mar and uh, Rob Williams, let's say doomsday protocol comes into play and we don't get Bradley Beal next year. You always have those lengthy, because it's a couple year contracts with people like to trade those guys away to get a super, like get another star in here. I, I agree. Think that gives them the trade assets to go move. And I think Brad is more willing to trade first round picks than Danny was. So he can package stuff together to go get a Bradley Beal type player. And then you're kind of like, we didn't get Bradley Beal, but we got this as a difference. And it's equal to, if not better than what we could have got. I agree. I Brad needs a plan B because yeah. I think plan A, obvious, sign Bradley Beal, get him to Boston. But Brad needs a plan B because like we just talked about, if they don't bring in a superstar over the next two years to help out Jason Tatum, I could totally see Tatum being like, I, you know, I'm going to LA boys, love you, mean it, but you know, I'm going to play with, with LeBron, you know, or, or I'm going down to Miami, you know, like it's just, a, it's a matter of time before he joins a super team. Like it's just a matter of time. So we got to keep him as happy as possible. I think we're doing a good job at that. But, like, if we don't land a superstar, not, it doesn't have to be this season, but, like, next season, right? that scares me. And I think that's what – I think that's the conversations, Brad. And he loves Brad, too. That's the other reason I think it was another – I think Danny – or the – I guess I should say Wick. Wick's move is to make Jason Tatum happy. Jason Tatum, I think, loves Brad. And making Brad 
the president of basketball operations, I think keeps Jason happy because now he knows he has a direct line to the man who's making decisions. And I, I think this, I, that's what I've gotten from this whole off season. I don't I think there was a friction between him and Kemba. I don't, I don't think he liked playing with Kemba. He loves smart. So he, they extend smart. He loves Rob. They extend Rob. They bring back Al. They, uh, they are gonna, I think, I think they like, um, I like the Chris Dunn signing. I like Dennis Schroeder, which was a sneaky good pick for the money that we got. And Josh Richardson, another guy that is an asset next year because we extended him another year that you can use him next year. Worst comes to worst, you make a package with Josh Richardson in the trade. So like we said, I, I think this is just a setup point right now for the end goal of getting a superstar in here like Bradley Beal. But do we know who's uh, trying to find who's uh, the other max free agents? Oh, let's look it up. Max Agent free agents. In 2022. Free agent class. I mean, stand by. Stand by. Uh, got, oh, there's a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's player options in there, but they all decline them. It looks like John Wall, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, obviously Bradley Beal, Kyrie. Kyrie's coming back to Boston next year, baby. I think he'd rather retire. Oh, dude, <laughs> he'd rather go to hell. Uh, Gary Harris, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, Levine, uh, Drachik. Uh, I mean, like the big ones are obviously. Yeah. I mean, John Wall. I'm James, not really. Uh, it's pretty much Harden, Westbrook, Beal, and, and Harden, like Kyrie. I'm not a Harden guy. I'm not a Harden. It's like it looks like Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. That's it. I'm not a. I'm not a. I like Westbrook, but not to. I don't think. I don't really want him on the team. And I, I mean, think yeah. Yeah, it's it's Bradley Beal. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, unless you go and find someone on the trade market, which is what we—I guess that's what I was saying. Like, you have that Plan B of going out and trading someone. Um, I think that's all you got, and that's you just gotta cross your fingers and hope that works. And it may not work out, but I think that's the best course of action. I think Brad's doing a good job at that, executing that. Yeah. Um, do you see? Do you sneak? Like, do you feel like this team can be? I don't know, like a contender, but do you think it's a sneaky playoff team? I I'm think it's thinking. definitely. A, I think it's definitely a playoff team, considering how how much of a crapshoot the Eastern Conference is. So I think we could at least get in. But I better be a playoff team. Third I don't think top eight team in the East. When I say playoff team, I mean a team that can make a little run in the playoffs. I'm not saying maybe like make it to the Eastern Conference or, you know, you, you, I think it is. I think it's a team that can, I don't, I don't see them winning the NBA title, but you have I'd some say second round guys on this team. Like Jason Tatum is going to be too, uh, way better. You're going to have a re well rested and healthy Jalen Brown. Al's a good – the one thing I had said about this team last year was too young. They had all these young bench guys that stunk. Now they added some – like, not older, but, like, you know, vet, more veteran guys. Like, uh, Josh Richardson's a good pickup. Dennis Schroeder I already talked about. Al, Chris Dunn. I think those are good guys on the bench. They can get – I mean, someone's going to be cut here. And it's cancer, too, for cheap money. I think that was a good signing. Um and then obviously you got uh, Aaron Naismith who really impressed me last year and uh, Peyton Pritchard. So, I mean, if you're rolling in with that group into the playoffs and everyone stays healthy, I can see this team pushing 
on the door and you're going to say, oh, if we just, I think that was a, we were a superstar away from winning the title. All right. Let me ask you this then. Who's better Celtics or Philly? I mean, they could end up blowing it up in the next month. Right now I'd say Philly's better. I take Philly right now too. All right. Who's, who's better Brooklyn or Boston? Brooklyn. I mean, that's easy. Brooklyn. We figured that out last, last season. (laughs) Who's better the Bucks or Boston? Bucks. Bucks. Who's better the Knicks or Boston? Boston. I'd say Boston. I'd take Boston. The Hawks. Boston. It's close. I'd take Boston. Boston. I take Boston. They crapped their pants last year, dude. They did crap their pants. They're they're like two, I think they they got think, hot. They were just a hot team. I wonder what would happen if it, if they um if they kind of didn't get that new coach kind of a shot in the arm. Yeah, I think it's close. Miami, Boston. I think Miami's edges Boston a little bit. I think I think it's close. It's, it's depends on who shows up. They did the Kyle Lowry trade was huge. Sonic Wa- Washington, Boston, Boston, easy. All right, and then Pacers, yeah, Boston. Okay, so right now we got them anywhere between four and six. That's where they should be. Right, four and six. So I agree. I think they should be a team that as long as they are not playing either the neck, the Nets or the Bucks, they should have a chance in the first round. They yeah. should have a chance. And I'm not scared of Philly, to be honest with you. Like I'm I know they're better. Either. I think I think we could I think we would be able to beat them. I think um, Philly played out of their mind last year, and I think they're yeah. definitely taking a step back this year. Absolutely. I, I think the goal should be to get that four seed and get the home game, which is what I said, get that first home series, and then, you know, anything can happen after that. I, I do, and, you know, maybe you get a upset in the other side of the, the your next round opponent, then you get another home game. I, I think the three, four seed is where they should aim. I think four is more realistic, uh, but who knows? I, I think if everyone stays healthy is a big thing, um, which has been the Celtics downfall the last like five years, six years. I think the Celtics could be actually sneaky good. That's what I'm I saying. Have... I think they could be a sneaky playoff team. I think they could make a run at it. I think that they, especially looking at the landscape of the East and looking how they played last year, I think Philly's taking a step back. And Brooklyn, listen, the Nets are super talented. But are you going to tell me, Harden, Durant, and Kyrie will all be healthy for the playoffs. I don't know. If the I Bucks, had a bet, I have a, if I had a bet, one of those three won't be there in the playoffs. I agree. Then you have the Bucks. Obviously, they're the Bucks. But you know, they had a great year last year, win the championship. You know, do they take a step back this year or do they continue that dominance? I don't know. So I think I think. Listen, I'm not saying they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I could see them, you know, going in the second round, taking a team like, you know, I mean, if they get a good, I don't know. I think they're going to be there. That's my point. If everyone stays healthy, I think this team will be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they could be. I think I, if everyone stays healthy, I mean, that's a big if, especially if everyone like stays healthy year. and they play Celtics basketball because they were healthy yeah. last year for a couple of stretches and they still played like dog shit. But the Jalen Jalen Brown injury was huge going in the end of the. Oh, season. I mean that like was that, that changed everything. And exactly. I think uh, I think whether we want to admit it or not, they were tuning Brad out. It was over. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I think I everybody Brad, checked I think, out. I think Brad knew it was over too. Yeah, exactly. And so I think kind of everybody checked out. Season was over. Everybody was excited to move on, get into the off season. So I'm hoping 
that there's a renewed energy, new coach, you know, they signed smart, they signed Rob Williams, you know, Tatum has another year of experience. Jalen Brown hopefully stays healthy. They bring Horford back for the leadership role. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And they got bench leadership, which is huge. Like veteran guys off the bench, which is huge. You're not bringing in Grant Williams as oh, your God. seventh guy off the bench, which if I have to see a Grant Williams, we already got rid of, as much as I love him, Semi, we already got rid of, Se- we don't have to see Semi's corner three. I don't want to see Grant Williams corner Semi's three. Semi's corner three. No, I can't take it. Uh, but I think that could be a sneaky team this year. Hey, you know, speaking of corner three, I met Walton McCarty. Uh, oh, really? Ago. Yeah, dude, it was what awesome. Big I saw him at that's the Joe and Jersey golf ooh, tournament. And I was like, holy shit, that's Walter McCarty. I love Walter. <laughs> Walt was a coach, right? Didn't he coach? Uh, I think he still is, isn't he? Is he still there? He know. was awesome, dude. I saw, I met him a couple of times before Celtics games. He's a nice guy. Dude, you're almost as tall as him. <laughs> he's a, I think he's got me a little bit, but I'm right there with him. Just the fact that you're saying you're right there with him, you should see the picture of me and him. I... He's I six look nine. Like How tall are you, Steve? Six eight. There you go. Six, seven six eight. Dude, I look like my five year old niece next to him. <laughs> I love Stan. I got a picture of me and Scal next to each other. I love. Uh, I'm right with Scal. It makes me feel good. Dude, that's my prized possession. Is me and me and uh, the picture of me and Scal together. Um, that's awesome. So let's. Um, we're gonna change gears here again. Uh, looking at the Red Sox. Who talk about a roller coaster of emotions this year? Uh, when we last left, we were talking about how this team was playing unbelievable baseball. We were really high going into the uh, trade deadline, thinking we were going to get those couple pieces we needed, and we did not do any of that. We got um, Kai Schwarber. Schwarber, I guess. Who's but... been doing all he can? To be honest, he's he's doing good. I mean, they, they're trying to transition him, I think, to the first base role, which is what we needed. Uh, but, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm very upset because this team, this, this season took has a- been fun. And it's now been- they sucked the fun right out of me. It, it really has because all, and I blame Chime, and, and in Chime we trust, but to a point, man. Like, he had a chance. This season was so positive. The outlook was like, before going into the season, this team was going to be terrible. We said it was a playoff team, but we thought it was a wild card team. But then you start winning all these games. They had and the best record in the AL. You were the best record in the AL. I think you were the second best record in baseball at some point, battling for that first spot. And now you go into the trade deadline thinking, oh, we're going to have a chance at Rizzo, Scherzer, uh, even some of these secondary guys like uh, Kimbrell, and um, I mean, the list goes on and on and we didn't do anything. We didn't add anyone to the bullpen. We added Schwarber <laughs> and who is the guy that used to play for the Sox? We claimed Shaw, on. Travis Shaw. We Luckily, like just out of, cause he got dropped. We added Travis Shaw and now you've taken a team and now it's just, we're going right down. We're kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. Kinda. We suck. <laughs> we we are a borderline wildcard team, which is what we're showing. I mean, and- dude, we're eight games back of the Rays now. Eight games. We're two games back of the Yankees for the wild card. Right now, we're. Do we have the second wild card spot? Who's the first? We have the card? second wild card spot right now. We're only. We're two and a half games up on the Athletics. It looks like. 
either yeah. either two and a half or three games up on the athletics. They're going to come back down to earth too. They're going to start losing. So I'm not really worried about them. Yeah, but I'm worried about us. That's what, and like, <laughs> just to get back into like, are you kidding me? So even if we have that play in wild card game, you're telling me we got to play in Yankee stadium. I, I have care. no faith. I have faith. I, I think they, they, they would crap their pants too. I, the Yankees, I don't believe in. I don't know. They just let me let me put ass. it this way. Let me put it this way. Would you? Would you? Who would you take in this one game playoff? Sale versus um, what's his? The Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. I'd take Sale, but I don't know. At, kind home, of, at Yankee Stadium, I'd take I'd take Chris Sale any day of the week. Well, this will, this is kind of gonna build off my take of where this Sox team has gone is. I I get standing pat at the deadline because going into the season, Bloom's let's call it a five-year plan. I couldn't tell you if he actually has a five-year plan, but I'll call it a five-year plan. They hire Bloom. Obviously, he has to make the Mookie deal. He's the scapegoat for that. And, you know, 2020 obviously sucks. Like, the team is absolute garbage. Um, We're bringing in, like, Matt Hall to throw meaningful innings. It shouldn't have fucking happened, but it did. We come into this season, there's no chance Heim Bloom thought that this team was going to even remotely contend. I know we called them a wild card team, but I'm sure in the back of his mind, he's like, this team's going to suck again. And we're going to have to punt on this season too and see what we can do next year. So I think is it, it's definitely deflating to see where this team is now because they were the best team in the AL for a very long stretch heading into the all-star break even. So it does suck to get halfway and then fall apart, but I think part of Bloom's reasoning for not going all in on certain guys, which I would have loved to have seen Kimbrell because his bullpen is the absolute dog shit. But I think he was more looking forward to next season or the season after that or the season after that. And he didn't want to mortgage some of the minor leaguers we have and kind of, you know, I'm not saying he punted on the season, but at the same time, we were the best team in the AL without Kyle Schwarber. There's no reason this team should be this bad. We should still be able to be winning these games. It's not completely, no. it's not completely on Heim that this team has just decided to suck after we got back from Coors Field. I agree. If we we're so ment- it's if we we're so mentally weak, where because they didn't make a trade at the deadline, right, right. the team falls apart. We're not right. going anywhere anyway. Right. But so I think it's a combination. I think it's the players' fault. I think it's Heim Bloom's fault because I do put some blame on Heim. Because what is the goal of any general manager, any coach, any player? It's to win. win I agree. You don't, and I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. You, if you're looking at this team, and you're like, holy shit, we're the best team in the L. You do want to cash in on that. You got you a chance. You don't want to say, hey, I need to do this. I need to do that. So I do like the, the Schwarber move. I would have been a lot happier if he made a Kimbrel move because this bullpen needs the help. Right. Yeah. Like get a Kimbrel. Even like I know, you know, Bobby Dahlback had seven RBIs the other day or whatever he did. But like, even if you got a guy like Rizzo, a first baseman, just the leadership role, like what that, the, this, you know, kind of like the message that sends to the team of being like, Hey, we're going for it. It just sucks that like everything just fell apart after uh, fell apart after that point. And I blame everybody. And like, here's the issue is that like, we kind of learned from Danny Ainge that sometimes when you, keep holding on to assets because you're not getting the return that you think you deserve on them. Sometimes the assets don't pan out, you know what I mean? And right. so like as great as Danny Ainge, as much as I love Danny Ainge, cause I thought he was a very good general manager. He won one championship in what, like 18 years. Yeah. That's not great. I mean, no. 
fine. Like you won a championship. Great. But it's not, you didn't build this huge dynasty. So my point is when you have the opportunity to win, I feel like you got to take advantage of it because you don't know how many, it's hard to win, you know? Right. So I think, and I think something that may have factored factored in is we might not have the pieces that uh, some teams may have been able to get from other teams. I know, like, I know Jaron Duran's a good piece. I know we have, like, Connor Siebold. But we don't have, like, upper echelon guys. I know uh, they just ranked our farm system nine, but it's a lot of, like, the lower-tier guys, like Myers is down there. Tristan Cassis is in double-A. Um, I know Jeter Downs is up in triple-A, but he's been kind of struggling. So I think a, a little wrinkle to why the trade deadline didn't go the way we wanted is some of our prospects just aren't where they need to be right now. Yeah, but you could you could have gotten some like I'm not saying that we needed Rizzo, but that Indians first baseman that they are sorry the Cleveland defenders I think that's what they just changed Guardians Guardians, um who is that uh, first baseman that they just resigned there was some kid that was up at the deadline I forget his name, um but he was an easy like that would have been a very capable person to get it would have been like two minor league players that never would have seen the field in the next 10 five years that i'm fine with getting a guy that's an upgrade there going out and getting a are you talking about bobby bradley no i forget i I, I, I can't help you there then um i forget he's a veteran guy i i'd have to i'll have to look it up but there's guys like that that are like they're not the rizzos and the scherzers of the world but it's something to come in and give you depth, and that's the kind of championship moves that are made to help you become a cont- like give some get you through the end of the stretch of the season because it's a long season. And I'm sorry, like I know Bobby Dahlbeck is tearing it up, and I'm a big I love Bobby, but if he's starting at first base, maybe Schwarber starts at first base now. But if he's your starting first baseman down the stretch, that's a little bit of a concern. And yeah. if you're just relying on Chris Sale to bail you out in throughout the rest of the season, you're in trouble. And that's just how it is. There was a Boston Red Sox 2021 mid-season top 50 prospects, and this was back in July 26th. Take a guess who was ranked number one. Tristan Cassis. Yeah, it was. was Jaron Duran. All right. Duran was actually ranked number one. Wow. So my point being, if Duran is ranked number one, I feel like we could have gotten rid of some prospects, and I would have been fine with it. Like, I like Duran. I like him. What is he going to turn into? Have no idea. Number two is Marcelo Mayer. Have you heard of this kid? The shortstop. He's, he's the first. He's their first pick of the draft this year. He's eighteen years old. It's yeah. like he's a stud, though. Like he's. They could have got a lot for him. They just drafted him like two months ago. So that's why I'm like, if they're going to trade him away, they and he was supposed to go first in the draft overall, but he fell to us at four. I just feel like sometimes the hype around guys is better than the actual player. Does that's that make true. sense? Yeah, that's I'd true. Say nine like, times out of 10, honestly. That's what I mean. So like a guy like Marcelo Mayer, who's like ranked number two and he's 18 years old. Dude, he's 18. Like mm-hmm. what, first of all, how long is it going to take before he gets into the majors? No, three years, maybe two. I mean, is he really going to be there when he's 20? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. And then, so, so he's not going to help your ball club until another three, maybe four years. And then who the hell knows what he's going to be by then? Yeah. So like a guy like him, who's like ranked number two, ship his ass out for someone that can help you now. Yeah. And if I, he's the next Mookie Betts, then shit, you made a huge mistake. I don't know what to tell you. 
Right. I think they. I think there's definitely some guys they could like we talked about Jeter Downs, guys like Jeter that, Downs, dude. His sock is plummeting, man. Oh, they should have. They should have cashed in on his. And like, there's a lot of other guys that are like Jeter Downs that they could have cashed in on. And I understand like you want to keep as many prospects, build up your farm system. That's what Bloom's thing is. But there's only so many prospects you can save at the end of the year. So somebody oh. like 18, probably like 15 to 20 of your top, like from 15 spot to 20 spot of your top 20 prospects or five prospects are probably, you could have a chance. to. I mean, we, we saw five. the Yankees trade literally, I think it was half of their top 15. Yeah. And now look at them. They passed us. I just think that it's like, I don't know. That That's the frustrating part of this whole thing. Would you? So I'll ask you this. Would you have rather given up 10 of the top 20 to get Rizzo or another piece, or would you have rather kept them? I'm always the guy who gets rid of them. That's I've just, if, if you can trade for a known commodity, get them. I've always been that type of person because too many times I've seen between all four sports, these prospects that are coming up and they're going to be the, the next big thing. Yeah. And then very similar to someone like Jeter Downs. Like I remember hearing about Jeter Downs five years like, ago, <laughs> so many times, man. And like when we got in for the Mookie, it's like, Oh, Jeter Downs, Jeter Downs. Like he's going to be in the next shortstop second baseman for the next 10 years. He might not ever, ever see Fenway park. He doesn't and even it, play second down in Worcester, man. He's still shortstop down in Worcester. And so it's like, it's just, I'm get the known commodity. I'm with you. So we'll have to see going down the stretch. I mean, they got a, a little bit of ways to go and uh, hopefully they can turn this around going into the uh, uh, playoff time. They need to, they need to have that wild card spot because it's going to be absolutely ridiculous if they miss the playoffs. Oh my God. What a, I'll puke all over myself if they miss oh. the playoffs. We want to keep some clean clothes on then. I was going to say on the podcast, I will, I will projectile vomit onto himself. Jesus. All over my, my Julian Edelman helmet. (laughs) Don't do that. Maybe something less valuable. Jules didn't didn't deserve it. Um, So let's segue. We're going to go into our last topic of the night. Uh, It's the people's topic. It's the people's topic, baby. People's topic. topic you can write into our instagram and twitter at big red zone leave us a co- uh, question comment whatever you want us to talk about today we got two we're going with two uh topics of the day first comes from dave griffin and he said the fantasy draft we just had our fantasy football draft the three of us uh, i think we had a very good draft um so i think it was good the video should be coming out in the next couple weeks and uh there's not i don't know if you want to give that's high a Brooklyn Cyclone starting pitcher, David Griffin, to everyone who's listening. Showing up uh, Thor down in sight. In, yeah, setting uh, the table for Thor, yeah. Um, I think it was a good draft. We all had a good time, so it's always a good time. Yeah, to it's going to be a good balance, good balance league. And our last question comes from Joseph underscore Celia. He's coming in with a banger. What do you wish Brad Stevens could have done differently this offseason? I mean, there's not really much else he could have done. Um, Get Bradley Beal a year early. That's all he could have done. Yeah, yeah no I kidding. guess if he wanted to, if he wanted to trade like Grant Williams and some draft picks for Bradley Beal. Oh, I, I would have loved, loved him to trade Grant Williams and Carson Edwards away. That's the one thing I. I hope he still pulls the trigger on that. Get rid of Grant Williams. I can't stand him. 
He's just going to be wasting space. I hope they get rid of Grant Williams. That's the last Grant, thing. I, uh, Grant Williams is slowly becoming uh, Steve's Jarrett Stidham. It really is. I like he had such a great first year, but he just stinks. I, I really hope they get rid of him. Um, he does stink. He's awful. Well, I think that's all the time we got for this episode of the Big Red Zone. My thanks to Danny Football and Jared. Always a pleasure, fellas. We have a great uh, and we're excited for season four of the Big Red Zone. So we'll see you. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for having me, fellas.